Hey, Chris, how are you doing? Very good, very good. John, are you well? I am really, really good. Um, but I am, I am missing our Friday mornings when we go down and, uh, like the brave warriors that we are, run into the sea and have a good swim. <laughs> good swim, yes. Yes, we do have a swim. And we do enjoy our time in there, but whether the swim is good is, is another is, is another is another another statement altogether. I think one of the things that we say a lot, don't we, um, that every time we we go down to the seafront, it's sometimes dark in the mornings and it's often cold. The sea is always cold, um, and we have to overcome the that feeling of I really really don't want to do this, yeah. and then we come out. And, and we're, we're, we're alive. Um, how does that feel for you when you do it? Yeah, it, the same. And I, and I mentioned this before, uh, earlier on, that I, I, get in the, I get in the car and if my wife's up, she makes some kind of disparaging comment about uh, manliness and driving down and being stupid. And I've got to get ready in my mind for something which I actually don't really want to do at various points of that morning. And you talk about the cold. It's not just the cold, is it? Because in the summer months when you're there and it's warmer, you've got jellyfish. And in the winter months, it's just cold, but there's no jellyfish. So there's no real kind of balmy, warm, delightful, clean, um, empty of jellyfish water that we ever experience. So I've got to kind of get over that battle, whatever season it is. Um, (laughs) It's not exactly the Mediterranean, is it, on the North Wales coast? No, no. But it's, uh, it's, it's... as beautiful, if not more so. so Indeed. Listen, Chris, um, wanted to have a chat with you on, on mates tonight because um, there's a bunch of guys out there that are listening to this, and we've all been in the same position, haven't we, where we've been in lockdown on and off here in Wales um, since March of last year. And uh, over the over the months that we've been able to do it, whenever you and I have met up and we've we've gone and we've had a swim in the sea, we've come out, we've had a, we've we've chatted about like literally everything mm-hmm. in our lives, and then we've been praying together. One of the things I've I've always been really um, um, encouraged by is your take on lockdown and what God is doing in that. And, okay. Do you want to share a little bit about how you have seen that over these last 10 or so months? Yeah, okay. Um, right, okay. It, it, it's interesting because there are times when I, and I, I've said even how I think God is working in lockdown. And often, I mean, just to, to kind of put my cards on the table, there's an element of me preaching to myself there. It's not entirely... We're more complicated than we, we make out often. Humans are more complicated. And, and I've gone through a range of emotions and experiences, probably just like the, the, the rest of you guys who are watching this. Um, um, but I always thought at the very beginning, God is doing something. And kind of wrestling with the ideas of whose fault is lockdown? Is it, is, is it the devil at work? Is, is God doing something? Is it human error? And it, these kind of theological questions. But they miss the mark a little bit with me. Um, because the reality is this is where we are, that this is the situation we're in and something's happening. And I still believe that God is in charge, whoever is responsible in that sense for, for the pandemic. And therefore I've got to respond to that and see how he's working in my life. Um, so that was from the very beginning my, my view. 
Of course, that doesn't mean as we've gone in and out of different phases of lockdown, I've not had the same emotional responses of thinking, what is going on? I've had enough. Mm. You know, I, I've, got, I've got seven children at home. Um, I've got um, a, a ministry and a, a, a pretty much nigh on full-time job. And just thinking then, what, how do I make sense of this? Mm. Um, you, you can see me in, in, a, in a living room here, which doubles as my office. I've got the desk over there and my books over there. I've got my, um, my work computer down there and I've got a church computer over there. And, and this, this, I'm sitting on a sofa that Lucy, my wife and I sit and occasionally we'll have our date night in the same space. And you just think, what is going on? But yet in that has been quite a magnificent year where I feel a little bit like that journey down to the seaside in the morning when we go swimming, where I've got to choose what am I really about? Mm. What really, really matters? And we've committed that we would go in the sea whenever we're together and the tide's up. And I've committed to a far greater commitment than that in following Jesus. Yeah. So I've got to then have that kind of wrestling match each day, actually. Mm. Um, and so the, the last year has been very much a huge 10-month wrestling match in my mind uh, in how I deal with these things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. And I think the analogy of us going down into the sea um, and, uh, you know, knowing that it's the right thing to do. Yeah. But actually knowing that there comes a point where the discomfort is so much that we are going to squeal like a couple of girls. Yeah. And, and, um, and you do. And I do more than you. But... <laughs> I love that. That's true. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Cause you, you, you've just talked about, it's the right thing to do about going into the sea. And you, you, you might think, what are these two guys doing moralizing about going into the sea? It's not that much of a big deal. And on one hand, it really isn't much of a big deal. Mm. But it's, it's such an, an, a, an interesting analogy. And we've commented on this many times. As you go in and you face that kind of internal battle, and of course, the freezing external battle, and then we sit down and we pray and we talk about some of the, some of the battles that we're facing as men sure. in, our, in our marriages, in our, in, our, in our work, in our relationships, and then to pray about them and kind of go through another battle. Mm. So it's, yes, it's not a moral issue, but it, is, but it reflects a dynamic in, in, I think, our Christian walk, which is, which is really crucial. It's interesting that you go there because uh, this season in Mates on Monday nights, we're looking at Iron Men and it's all about becoming gospel men, gospel yeah. men who hold to the truth, do it yeah. with kindness, compassion and love. One of the things that you and I were able to do quite early on was to say to each other, we're not going to hold anything back. We're not going to lie mm. about what's going on in yeah. our lives. We're not going to try and present ourselves to be any better yeah. uh, than we are. And, and, and I'm going to say this because I just think this is going to be helpful to, um, uh, to some of the guys out there. I remember one Friday morning that you and I uh, met up and I was having a really tough time. And um, I, I started to tell you about stuff that was going on. And you said to me, uh, I remember it clearly. You said to me, John, I know that you struggled because you don't usually swear, but you have sworn on a few occasions <laughs> in this conversation, right? <laughs> worry about not painting myself in a good picture here. But the point was uh, that as, a, as two guys standing together, shoulder to shoulder, loving Jesus with all our hearts, but actually 
being completely real about where we fit in all of this and and, and our, our high points and our low points. Um, that's been an amazing journey, hasn't it? Just to be able to sit together yeah. and actually be really yeah. properly and brutally honest about where we're up to and what, what yeah. we're going through. And I think some of that is key. Sorry, some of the key to that is is that decision about being honest. And if you like giving each other access and the right to say, what's going on? Um, and not to then have the right to say, how dare you ask that question? Mm. And, and, and likewise, I, I, my, my struggles in life are probably a, a different to yours. Um, we're, we're different people. God's made us differently. And I'm prone to, a, I'm actually prone to some introspection and even, even mild, kind of a depression, a kind of a, a poor attitude actually towards God. And I remember similar stuff where you said, you're really struggling with this, aren't you? Mm. About a particular thing we were talking to, talking about. And, and equally, it's, I've given you the right. And I said, John, be the person to ask me those questions. Um, and to know I've got that has been quite helpful. It stops me then responding, how, how dare you probe in this area of my life? You've got no right to do this. This is private. Do not access this room, please, John. Um, and that's, it's been great, but it's not easy to answer a question like that when you're sat drinking a coffee mm. early morning on a Friday. It's, it's a hard thing to have to deal with, but it's a, been a really useful thing. Because of that issue, I think, of what do we want to be? Do I want to be a gospel man? Yeah. Do I want to be an iron man, to use your, your, your language here? Mm. Well, yes, I do. Mm. I do. Um, but it's, it's going to hurt. And it does. So I'm, I'm grateful for that kind of um, face-to-face where we've been able to kind of do that, do that business. Yeah. And I, I also remember there was a moment where... Um, it was in the very first lockdown, you know, that really brutal, mind you, I haven't said that, this this one's felt quite brutal as well, but that, that first lockdown in March onwards, and and uh, we both sat together, so what what have you learnt in this lockdown? And and I said to you, I, I've learned that I need to be so much more tender yeah. with, A, the people that I love, but also with myself. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, I... I, I remember coming into that conversation thinking this is a really noble thing, and and I'm gonna you know I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna share with Chris that I I really want to be kind. I just want to be a much kinder person, and I remember you challenging me on that in terms of what form of kindness are you going after? Are you are you going after the kind form of kindness that's just you're not going to ever challenge anyone, or are you going after a kindness that um, that means that you're going to challenge people, but you're going to do it with love and compassion at the heart of everything. And, yeah. and, and so it wasn't even challenge. It hasn't even been challenging each other over the negative stuff no. in our lives. It's been challenging each other over the, the, the good stuff, the stuff that we want to do with all of our hearts. So what's your motivation for that? And I think uh, just, just share a little bit because that, that, that's, that's been my impression of this, but that just two guys together, shoulder to shoulder, how has that um, influenced you, um, in, in, just in terms of um, how you think through life? And all um, that well, it's funny. I don't. I don't. Re- I remember the conversation about tenderness. I don't remember what I said in the same way. Uh, and I'm grateful that you even shared that with me because that's quite helpful. What I do remember is coming away from that and thinking, I'm not very tender. Mm. 
and thinking, I snap at my children. And if you've got children and you're watching this and you're thinking, you know, I'm sat there doing my work at home, if that's what the situation, or you're on furlough and, or, or you're unemployed or whatever the situation is, it's easy to then think of those little interruptions in your life as kind of, ah, what are you doing? Mm. Maybe I'm just excusing myself. But either way, either way, I, I remember coming away from that thinking, I, I need to change my outlook. Um, I need to see things differently with my own children. And these, these little people that God has given me kind of loaned me to look after how am I treating them and am I being tender-hearted towards them I then thought of my wife and thought the same way there I thought actually I need to be more tender-hearted towards her and I think I've become crabby if you like mm. and, and that's not that's not right so there was a there was a direct challenge there from from just you sharing your own experiences and if you like rolling over the challenge to me even though I don't think your intention maybe it was but your intention wasn't actually to talk about me. No, I did, feel, I did feel the rebuke of God in that discussion. Oh. And there's been many like that as we talk about the fatherhood of God. Um, goodness, as we talk about um, a kind of a, a meditative, we've talked about the kind of a meditative response, as in when we hear about God and what he's done, just, just oh. thinking, wow. And those moments and looking around at what God's made, those have been really helpful for me, if you like, to, to work on my, my inner life. Um, and I don't think those are direct challenges from you, but I've heard them as such. I think you get that when you meet with someone mm. and you share your, your, your journey. It sounds a bit cheesy, isn't it? But you share your, your, your journey and your, um, <laughs> and your own walk with God um, with each other. And it, just, it just brings out that, um, I need to think about this as well, which has been really helpful. So that's certainly something I would take away from that. Listen, Chris, we're going to have loads of chances to uh, to talk over the coming weeks and months with the podcast and with with yeah. other um, forums I know. But I just want to ask one last question. And, and it's a question I can, I'm thinking of in terms of guys who are watching this thinking, you know what, I actually don't have this opportunity to be that honest with another guy. How do I go about finding this? Yeah. Um, do you want to just talk into how you and I uh, master planned <laughs> and how we we master planned being living in the next villages to each other um because yeah, well, to be fair we must have been brilliant in terms of making that actually happen yeah well i looked you up on linkedin i found out where you lived and i chose to move nearby i thought that'd be really <laughs> i needed a friend and i was desperate to hunt for one of, of, of course not guys of course not um I met John actually at a, a conference, a Christian conference or festival, the gathering uh, over in Swindon or near Swindon. And I met John outside one of the big tents and we, I knew he was involved loosely with Wales and we had a chat. It was five, 10 minutes chat. And that was really it. And um, I didn't know then, what was that four years ago, John? Three and a half years like ago? That, yeah. I, yeah. I had no idea John, where you were. I thought you were somewhere by Chester, I think. Um, and I didn't realise you were planning to move to the village next to mine. So on that front, I had nothing to do with that. And you had nothing to do with that. Mm. That's just the way things have happened. We don't go to the same church. We're not part of the same gospel community of people who, who kind of learn to live together, love God together. Um, and interestingly, we haven't got to know each other and then decided, let's meet up. Mm. I think it's happened the other way around. And I think that's a really useful thing to, to hold on to. What kind of friendships do you want? If you want friendships that are rooted in, in, in Jesus 
and rooted in your unity in Jesus and your, your friendship with him together as brothers, then start your friendship on that footing. Don't try and build a friendship and then go, right, this is a really close person. Let's see if I can maybe ask them if they want to meet with me and spend some time with me. That, that, that won't happen because you're then trying to change a relationship. Choose someone that you may not even know that well. Choose someone that actually you think, you know what? They're a godly bloke. And I need to meet with a godly bloke. I don't really know them, but my goodness, by the end of a year swimming in the sea every week and laughing and being embarrassed, humiliating yourself as you're trying to pull your wetsuit off, those kind of moments and then to pray together, that will build a friendship rooted on something far more important than, than mutuality on the kind of, we're very similar. We're not actually. Um, so I, that would be my advice to you. Let God master, mastermind the relationship choose someone who's godly and then invest in that kind of relationship from that point. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I, and you described how we got together in exactly the way I remember it, it was so random and yeah, uh, yeah it, God was all over it. And I, I think if the guys, you know, guys, if, if, if you're looking for a, a, a mate who can be a mentor to you and you can mentor coach to you and you can coach and you could just encourage each other um, as Chris says, just find somebody that you see godly values in that's living or trying to live, yeah. failing all the way, but trying to live in a way that the Bible teaches us to live um, and let God do the rest. Yeah. Chris, yeah. it's been great having you uh, on tonight. Um, Jochen Vaud, it's well, been um, amazing just to, to talk and, and, and uh, to be fair, my heart is just yearning to get back into the sea. Um, so um, along with every guy who's listened to this, I'm sure we're praying that, that God does everything he needs to do in each of our lives and brings us out into a new place, a wide open space where we can, uh, we can live and breathe under his direction going forward. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Good to speak to you, John. God bless you, buddy.